Good morning and welcome to this podcast, Everlasting Resilience, session number one. My name is Aaron Skilsen and I will be the host of this podcast. We are hoping to meet uh, once a week in order to talk about resilience and resilience stories and how to actually build day-to-day habit of being resilient, not only in our professional lives, in our jobs, but also in our personal lives with family and, of course, with any topic in general we are going to be learning about what is resilience. Before I start and I actually introduce myself, I would like to set an intention as uh, I usually begin doing. I really believe in the power of intention. I really believe that uh, intention is actually the link between cause and effect. So I would like to set a collective intention for all of us who are actually listening to this podcast, whether in the, you're in the US, whether you're in Latin America, whether you're in Europe or in Asia or in any part of the world, that we really, really are able to see the light and to see the beauty in our challenges, to really see the beauty in our past mistakes and not feel ashamed by them and not feel guilt by them, but actually to build a desire and to build a motivation to get back up and start again. Whether you went through a personal you know, loss, maybe you lost a loved one, maybe you lost someone, uh, something professionally, financially, a job or, or a business, or maybe it was a health reason or maybe it was something with your, with your family. We really, really need to see the beauty in this challenge and not judge ourselves. Not judge ourselves and not judge the challenge, but actually see it as an opportunity to get back up and to get back stronger, happier, and of course, much more whole and complete than before. So that is especially my intention. That is what I would like to transmit along this podcast. This podcast, Everlasting Resilience, actually, I've been wanting to do this for many years. I'm a coach. I do coaching, not only one-on-one coaching, I also do training. My family has been in human resources. My mother built HR boutique training and development company over 30 years ago in Panama. I have been through many mistakes in my life. I have made many mistakes. I've fallen down many times. I'm going to talk about that a little bit later. But I actually wanted to do a podcast on on building resilience on our day-to-day. Because actually now we know that what's happening in the Ukraine, what's happening in Europe, what happened with the COVID pandemic over two years ago, I strongly believe that resilience is a competence that we all need to build whether it is that we work in corporate America, whether it is that we work in a mom and pop shop in any place in the world, or whether we're just building a much more fulfilling life with our relationships. I strongly believe that we need to be resilient as, as, a, as a daily habit. Maybe you were, you know, walking towards your job and, you know, so a, a car passed by and, and you got, you know, all dirty because the car passed by. Or maybe you had a fight with your loved one. You had a fight with your father, with your mother, with your brother, with your sister. Getting back up and actually performing to the best state possible is something that we all need to start building 2022 and beyond, you know, and I just want to share my story and what I've learned about resilience and what I have seen about resilience in my day to day. So I will be able to maybe perhaps inspire you to once again, not judge your past, not judge yourself, but actually with mercy, with love, get back up and believe that you are able to perform way better than you did before the mistake happened, before the falling down happened. So a little bit about my story. I went to freshman year in Tulane in New Orleans 
and I really hated university in New Orleans. I, I don't know why, but, you know, looking back, I think that New Orleans is a great city and Tulane is a great university, but I really wasn't happy with myself. You know, I was I was uh, coming from Panama, where in Panama, you know, I was like the soul of the party, and, you know, I had thousands of friends, and I really enjoyed my social life. But in New Orleans, I didn't want to talk to anyone. I just didn't want to talk. You know, I didn't want to, I didn't want to uh, go out. I didn't want to enjoy myself. I just, you know, buried myself in books. And I spent hours and hours and weekends at the library. Finally, uh, my mom, who's a great woman, and she's a really big inspiration for me, she said, you know, I think that you might be going through a depression. And you think so? Yeah, I think so. So I flew down to Panama. I met with a psychiatrist. And the psychiatrist gave me a 1% physical diagnosis of bipolar disorder. So I started taking medication. And uh, slowly but surely, I was able to a little bit, you know, open up myself more through life. Just coping with a 19-year-old freshman that he has bipolar disorder was a little bit difficult for me. I didn't want to label myself. I still don't want to label myself as I am bipolar. I believe that that's not in my being. I believe that I have a bipolar disorder, but it's not in my being. Maybe we'll talk about that in a different story. And uh, when I came back to Panama for that summer, I just wanted to, you know, reconnect with friends, reconnect with enjoying life. And I started smoking weed almost every day, just, you know, as a maybe it was a, you know, a self-medication. You know, many, many people say that when you have a mental illness, p people tend to self-medicate themselves. So I started drinking lots of alcohol and smoking lots of weed. And that actually destroyed my life in many senses. The bipolar diagnosis, actually, it, it was worsened by the consumption of alcohol and weed. And many things happened and I got myself into rehab. Actually, I, you know, I said I wanted help and I got myself into rehab. I went in rehab. I went out of rehab, came back to my mom's house, relapsed. And then came like the real, real, real trouble. I actually got into trouble with a friend's car and I was arrested for getting into my friend's car. And I was actually investigated for many months. And that was like the rock bottom of my life. You know, I was, I couldn't believe, you know, after, you know, going to a really good university and actually having great grades and having great academic performance that from that to being labeled as bipolar to being investigating for taking a car and actually being arrested. That was a really difficult time for me. And I believe that it really affected my self-image. So after a couple of months, you know, we talked to my friend's parents and we were able to eliminate the lawsuit and I was no longer investigated, but then came building myself back. Because in Panama, if you've lived in a Latin American country, if you know Latin American countries, you know, it's a really small town kind of mentality. And many people know themselves. And I was labeled as the guy who was arrested for doing lots of drugs and actually taking his friend's car. And that actually, whether or not people thought about it that way every single day, I felt it that way. And I felt labeled and I felt lots of guilt about my mistakes. I finished college. I went back to university. I started doing coaching. I actually completed my coaching course before graduating university. I've been clean and sober for over, I think it's 12 years, 13 years now. Haven't had any drugs since then. And most of my work has been to reframe those mistakes. And that I think is step number one for resilience. Once again, if you made a mistake, if you're going through a hard time, if you're going through something like addictions or a divorce or losing your business, it is really important to not label it as, oh, it's the worst thing that happened to me, or to label yourself as you are the mistake, or you are the falling down, or you are that story, you know, because you are actually not that story. You, your essence is much more deeper than that. 
And what we need to start thinking about is, why did this event come into my life? Why did this bankruptcy? Or why did this failed marriage? Or why did this addiction come into my life? So it can teach me a deeper sense of myself. It can teach me how to reach higher potential. It can teach me how to actually become a better person. And, you know, whether it's a better father or a better brother or a better professional. And that process for me took years. You know, I remember reading a book by a great author. I don't remember her name. It was Excuse Me, Your Life is Waiting. And, it, you know, it talked about the law of attraction. And I really started to get into myself that, you know, I am not the negative emotion. Because for any of you who have had, a, you know, whether it's anxiety or whether it's bipolar, whether it's depression, sometimes you feel you are the sadness. You know, you wake up in the morning, you don't want to get out of bed, you're trying to make ends meet with your business, but you feel you're stuck. You feel you're the sadness, you feel the frustration. But with many of these books, you know, Excuse Me, Your Life is Waiting, or whether it was maybe The Secret, that I know many of you have read The Secret, or now, you know, nowadays we have Dr. Joe Dispenza, who has Becoming Supernatural, we really need to be able to self-manage our emotions and not blame ourselves for those emotions. Not blame ourselves for the sadness, not blame ourselves for the feeling bad about ourselves or for whether it's a mental illness diagnosis or whether it's, as I said, a personal family issue. And once I was able to separate the Aaron from the emotion, you know, I am Aaron, I can perceive the emotion, nevertheless, I am not the emotion. I was able to transcend those feelings of guilt and blame and not label myself as someone who actually was the pain or was the sadness. So after saying that, I would like to officially present our topic according to our dear friend Miriam Webster, Dictionary. So resilience, the textbook definition of resilience, is an ability to recover from or adjust easily to misfortune or change. So wow, I think, you know, I just see this and I think like so many of us worldwide, whether it's once again, whether it's we have friends in Europe or we have family in Europe that what's happening in Ukraine with Russia or whether it's the COVID situation or whether it's someone who is going through a hard time with their friends or with their loved ones. Imagine if we could all look at that misfortune or change or look at that misfortune event and see this that happened in my life was the best thing that could have happened. Maybe I can't understand the why, and maybe that is part of the deal that we have to do, that is part of the work, to accept even if I don't understand, to accept that it was the best thing that could have happened to me because it brought me to this place where I can forgive myself and forgive the other person. So what happens when you make a mistake or when there is misfortune or change? The first thing that can happen is guilt or blame. I feel guilty with myself or I blame someone else. So what if we could transform that, and as I said, we can accept it just as it is, and we can own up to our actions. And for this, I would like to introduce maybe a concept or a tool that would be 100% accountability. When I was uh, going through my process of, of therapy, and I was actually you know, thinking of when I took my friend's car and what happened with my friend's car and everything, I said, you know something? Yes, I know that I wasn't thinking the right way because I was doing lots of weed and lots of alcohol, and I was actually not thinking in the, you know, quote-unquote rational way. But I do have to say, nobody convinced me to do that. I need to own up to my decisions. And whether it's, you know, a family member or a friend or a spouse that says, no, but, you know, you have to think about what this person did or what this person said. Yes, people may say lots of things. People may do lots of things. But how we react to that is actually our own responsibility, and we are accountable for that. But also, once again, and, and I know that I'm actually repeating myself, we can take accountability and responsibility from a place of love 
and not from a place of guilt or shame. And this is something that actually I come to think about it, you know, now that many years after being arrested and after being going into rehab, I started studying Kabbalah. And there is an amazing book by the founder of the Kabbalah Center that I really admire, Rav Ashlag, that says that you can actually change behavior from a place of fear or you can change behavior from a place of love. And many times when I, you know, I thought to myself, oh, why did I do this? I want to change this. Or why, why did I say this? I want to change this. But I actually think to myself, okay, Aaron, let's do it. But from a place of loving yourself and loving the process and loving your higher power. And once again, I know that it might seem counterintuitive to actually accept and love something even though you don't understand it and many of us actually struggle towards the why towards the rational why i did this why did this person do this to me why did this bad business come into my life or this bad relationship come into my life but once again we are accountable for our response we are accountable for the present moment and we can choose to change from a place of love we love ourselves just as we are right now the higher power, whether it is that you believe in Jesus or whether you believe in, you know, the light or whether you believe in any particular deity, you can believe in a creator, you can believe in, in the spirit of good energy. It is really important for us to know that the universe has our back. And the more we are able to accept that within ourselves and to accept ourselves as a work in progress, the more we are able to surpass and transform that guilt and that shame into accountability. So once again, when we make a mistake or when an event happens, we need to be able to transform guilt, blame, or shame into accountability and not do it from a place of, oh my God, I am afraid of the consequences, but do it from a place of love, of loving yourself and of loving the process. Another thing that I actually came into knowledge while, while I was doing my transformation, and you know, as I said, I, I finished university, I went into my professional career, my job, and I said, you know, I'm not going to be able to achieve the things that I always dreamed I was going to achieve. You know, I achieved, I dreamt of being like a, a Wall Street banker and of having lots of money and of having a big house and traveling all over the world. And once I was, you know, maybe 20, 22, 24, 25, 26, I actually felt, uh, even if it was a small sense of sadness, that life wouldn't be the same as I dreamt it when I was 15, 16, 17, 18, 19, or 20. And here comes another concept. Sometimes we don't actually miss the goal or miss the person, whether it's a girlfriend or a boyfriend, but we miss the future we imagined with that goal or with that person. So sometimes whether we're going a divorce or we're ending a relationship, it's not that you miss Patricia or Claudia or Mike or, or Peter, but you miss the future that you imagine with them. And once again, it's not that I missed being a Wall Street banker because I actually had a great job, but I missed the future I imagined of being with a Wall Street banker. And you can fall into a trap of learned helplessness, that you feel that you are helpless to the fact that you can't once again create the future that you imagined. And sometimes this learned helplessness can kidnap our desire and can kidnap our motivation. So how do we transform that? I think that we transform that by actually separating the cookie from the taste of the cookie. And I'm going to explain what this means. Let's say that you want a chocolate chip cookie, which is, you know, a physical, you know, filled with sugar and with chocolate chips, and you want to eat it. The physical part of the cookie is, once again, the dough of the cookie, the, the sugar, the chocolate chip. But what you experience from the cookie is the taste. That's the internal energy of the cookie. We want both things. We want the physical and we want the internal energy. But what we're really looking for and what really fulfills us is the internal energy of the cookie. So let's apply that same concept to our goal. I wanted to be a Wall Street banker. And I imagine the taste or the fulfillment of being a Wall Street banker 
as having the cars, having the houses, going on the vacations, having the nice family. So that is actually always going to happen for us, whether we have the physical or whether it's another package, quote unquote, of how the universe wants it for us. So if we focus on the fulfillment that we want to achieve, not only on the goal itself, on the physical, let's say, cookie-wide goal that we want to achieve, we need to be able to conquer that from within. So once again, learned helplessness, we need to be able to maybe change our mindset and change our mind that it's not that specific goal that we're looking for, but it's the fulfillment behind the goal. And many years after, as I said, 25, 27, when I was thinking that I was never going to achieve that fulfillment, I actually started my own company, my own coaching and and training company. And it was a point in my life where I felt that it really brought me this happiness. It really brought me this fulfillment. It really brought me this success. And I want to go one step further from that. I remember taking one Kabbalah class and the teacher saying, happiness for no reason will create a reason for being happy. And I said uh, to actually, once again, you can talk to the universe, you can talk to your soul, you can talk to Jesus. I want to be able to feel that fulfillment when I was actually partying and when I was actually doing all the negative things without the negative part, but I always want the positive part. Many, many years after, once again, whether it can be meditating, it can be going to the gym, it can be reading, it can be writing, I actually experienced that fulfillment in the brush of a moment. But once again, what is the concept here? You have the cookie and you have the taste of the cookie. We need to maintain the desire for the taste of the cookie. You have the goal, you have the fulfillment of the goal. You have Peter or Claudia or Michael for the relationship and you have the fulfillment for the relationship. And we need to maintain that desire for the fulfillment, whether it's with Peter or whether it is with George or whether it is with someone else. But that fulfillment, more than we desire it, the universe desires it for us. Whether it is a higher power, whether there's life, there is a strong desire for us to feel and experience that fulfillment. And why, And how do we do this? And that is what I would like to explain in the last tool and in the last, uh, and in the last concept that I want to achieve is that our internal world actually creates our external world. Or as the founder of the Kabbalah Center said, consciousness creates reality. Whatever is in my mind and in my consciousness, I will be able to achieve. So once again, if we go back to the story, if we are feeling guilt, if we are feeling shame, if we are feeling self-criticism towards ourselves, that is exactly what we are going to manifest. How are we able to reframe that mistake? Once again, why did this mistake come into my life? Why did this addiction? Why did this bankruptcy? Why did I fight with my spouse or with my father or with my mother? Why do I have this health issue? And how can it teach me that I can have greater potential? How can it teach me to maybe value myself more? How can it teach me to learn how to say no and actually be more proactive and less reactive with other people? And what I found out is that the addictions and all of the weird erratic behavior that happened in my life from when I was 17 to maybe 21, what it came to teach to me about is that I need to put others first. I need to be able to share more than I want for myself. Once again, when we talk about the cookie and the taste of the cookie, I want to share the taste of the cookie with more people by knowing, by having the certainty that the higher power, that the creator is the source of that fulfillment. Not smoking weed, not drinking alcohol, not having the job of Wall Street. And once again, this is an internal change. It is nothing that I can do with my hands. It is nothing that I have to do with working on, you know, 12 hours a day. It is just by knowing inside of yourself that nothing external will actually fulfill you except that connection that you have with your higher power. 
I know that many of us have had trouble with higher power or with religion or with a particular maybe leader, but it's just a relationship with the higher power within you, with that, with that spark of divinity that we all have. And that spark of divinity is the source of resilience. Because if you come to think about it, even if you made a mistake, even if you lost millions or billions of dollars, even if you had trouble with your wife or with your husband or with your past boss, that spark of divinity still wants to be manifested in this world. Imagine that you have a drop of the ocean, a drop of salt water from the ocean, and you take it in the middle of New York City. Would that speed still be the ocean? But if you drop it back into the shore, it will be part of the wave. It will be part of the ocean. Just like that, our soul, our essence is part of the divine, is part of the higher power. Once again, let's not label it. I like how Eckhart Tolle speaks about it. He speaks about being. You know, nobody can claim to have, to own being or to have the power of being. Kabbalah teachers call it the light. You can call it whatever you want. But the more you come to believe that that higher power resides within you, resides in your desire, resides in your dream, you are going to be able to build resilience every day in your life. Because every single day that we wake up, that candle wants to be lit. That fire wants to be lit. Those dreams want to be manifested, whether it's financial dreams, whether it's health dreams, whether it's family dreams, they want to be manifested. So once again, what do I need to be able to surpass when I'm being resilient? First of all, avoid guilt, avoid shame. Second of all, avoid learned helplessness. You will be able to achieve that fulfillment, the fulfillment that you wanted to dream before your career went bust or before the divorce. That fulfillment is awaiting you and is within you. And third of all, your consciousness creates your reality. So by not blaming anyone else, I take full accountability and I know my higher power wants the best for me. My divinity within me wants to be manifested and I will do it through my actions and I will do it by accepting the past just as it is. Not blaming myself for the past, but accepting it as a lesson for the present moment. Yes, of course, you can surpass your sadness, you can surpass your depression, you can surpass your addictions, but you really need to have the certainty that within you is the answer and your higher power wants to be able to manifest this. So I think I'm going to leave it till, till there for session number one. I want to thank all of you who have, who have been listening so far. I do have um, much more material that I want to share in the next couple of weeks. We will be publishing um, the podcast once a week. If you have any questions, if you would like to maybe be part of the podcast or you have someone who has a resilient story, we would like to invite people to share their resilient story. You can email us at skiltonaron at gmail.com and you will be able to have more information. Thank you very much for your time and effort. Thank you very much for believing in resilience and for believing that this capacity for change and to get back up is what we all need to do. And I wish you that you are able to really see the light in the challenges, to see the light in the mistakes, to not judge ourselves, to not judge the other person, to not judge the mistake, but actually to enjoy it as a process of learning, getting back up and being stronger and more whole each and every single day. Thank you very much and have a great rest of the week. This was Everlasting Resilience. <laughs>